What comes next? Ray Boone asked this question out loud to no one, as he was alone in a small cottage on Little Barndor Island. He sat back in the antique Windsor chair, sipped black coffee from his favorite insulated travel mug, and stared at his computer screen. Outside the large mullioned windows, he could have seen the relatively calm waters of a sunny Wolfboro Bay and America's oldest summer resort on one side of the narrow island, and the rolling waves of the broads on the other. But he only saw the courier font of a half-blank page on the computer screen. This tall and slender forty-five-year-old screenwriter had hoped that a move over to his friend Rick's cottage on the island for two weeks would be inspirational, distraction-free, and highly productive. However, he had been stuck all morning on page 52 of a horror screenplay for a national cable network that was smart yet commercial, with an edgy female protagonist. The voice in Ray Boone's head that should have been helping him with plot and dialogue chimed in with a distraction. Kind of makes you wonder. Wonder what? Ray asked as his fingers rested on the keyboard. So, who then is the other person? And what is the answer? Did Jack kill himself, or didn't he? Look, either contribute to the work or just go away. I've got a script to write and a deadline to meet, so they'll give me a paycheck so I can pay my bills. He had seven days left before his retreat would end. Rick's island cottage would be closed up for the season. The small ski boat would be pulled out of the water, and Ray would be back riding in his small New England center chimney farmhouse in town. In fact, it was almost that time of year when Ray would bring out the more modern SUV and put his little orange 1960s VW Carmangia inside the garage to protect it from road salt. Let's make the trip into town. Ray stopped fighting the little voice, grabbed his jacket, and headed to the boathouse. When that little voice in Ray's head started asking questions, it would not let it rest, or let Ray get back to work until he solved some little mystery. Sometimes it was an easy mystery, like, How did Clay Point get its name? To quiet the voice that time, it only took a trip to the marina at Roberts Cove to get the story from old Irving, who related the history while he pumped gas at the boat ramp. Question answered, the annoying voice was silent for a while. The little voice didn't like internet answers and wouldn't take a Google search as proof. It was only a starting point. Ray couldn't just Google an answer that would satisfy the voice in his head. The little voice had to hear it from the horse's mouth. In a pinch, the voice would accept an answer found in the hardbound printed edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica. A week after Jack left this earth, the topic of conversation around town had moved from the death of a local man to an asinine statement made in public by a drunken town official that had made its way onto the national TV news. Ray Boone found himself sitting at the counter of Katie's, a small breakfast place in a little strip mall distinguished by a life-size chainsaw-carved moose that someone, or ones, had castrated in an act of vandalism some years ago. Ray was demolishing a plate of the eggs and hash special and drinking decaf coffee from a heavy off-white mug 
as he read over every page of the Boston Globe. It was not today's paper. It was eight days old. The same issue that, according to local gossip, Jack had left on the bridge. The actual paper sat in a cardboard bin in a police evidence locker, along with a cardboard coffee cup with its plastic lid and the rest of Jack Bannister's clothing and personal effects. Perhaps the answer was in these outdated pages somewhere. Was it in the headline? The obituaries? The sports scores? Maybe the weather? Ray circled a few promising leads, but nothing jumped out at him, so he kept reading. Before he could find it, he needed to know more about Jack Bannister— but Bannister was a man who never talked about his past or his plans for the future. His conversations had always been about the present, as if he had no past or future, only the now.